What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Prescribed Truth Podcast. I'm Jamal Bandy, your host, the one who seeks to distribute the truth that the doctor prescribes to the church and the world today. For the next couple of weeks, guys, I want to do a little something different, a little something different. See, I was joined on my podcast by Edwin Ramirez from The Proverbial Life, and we had a very interesting conversation concerning, is it only pastors who can baptize converts, new believers, into the faith? Is it only pastors? Is it only leaders? Um, this is a conversation that, that he and I and a couple other brothers were having, and we had some disagreement on. But me and Edwin come together, and we have a good dialogue, and I mean a good one. Um, I'm not saying at the end that we fully agree on everything, but I do think that we that we kind of cover some good ground. And I want to bring this before my podcasters. You know, this was something that we recorded live on YouTube. So you may hear us interacting with comments here and there. But I wanted to bring this before my podcast audience, my listeners, to see what you guys think. You know, to let me know what you guys think about this topic. You know, comment your views or, or email me with your thoughts. I really would love, love to hear from you um, at prescribed.truth at gmail.com. Um, so, yes, this conversation was a total of three hours and 50 four minutes guys yes so i'm breaking it down over the next couple of weeks so this is going to probably going to take us into the new year with discussing this unless something more pressing happens to come up so with that being said i want to take this time to advertise the giveaway the giveaway um that we got going on the prescribed truth giveaway my annual giveaway um thank you thankful to andrew Rappaport for helping me out I now have a better and easier way, an accessible way for you guys to enter the podcast at ease. And so if you go to podcast.strivingforeternity.org slash PT19 giveaway, that's podcast.strivingforeternity.org slash PT19 dash giveaway. Then you can go to that in, that email, that um, address, and I will have it in the description of the show notes. And you go to the address. And man, you can sign up from there. Easy peasy. All right. So you just you can join the email list. That's going to be mandatory. Just join the email list, plug in your email address and subscribe to the podcast. And majority of you already signed, subscribe to the podcast. You just got to click on the link. That's all you got to do. All right. To enter in. And then those with the most points, those have the most entries at the end of this month. We're going to choose the winner. So, so make sure you do all the things to get the most points, you know, subscribe to the email list, like on Facebook, follow on Twitter, subscribe to the YouTube channel and refer a friend, keep sharing it, you know? And so, so those of you who already subscribe, keep sharing it, keep sharing, get those entries up. That's what you want to do. All right. So I want to just throw that in there real quick, let you guys know about the um, giveaway and remind you about that. And, um, yeah, enjoy this conversation guys. Enjoy this conversation. And I look forward to hearing from you. So remember in a world full of errors, the only thing the doctor prescribes is truth. Blessings. I'm joined by my good brother Edwin Ramirez from the proverbial life. Yo, what's going on, brother? Go ahead for my audience. For those who don't know, man, just give us an introduction about yourself. Tell people about yourself. Who are you? Yeah, so my name is Edwin Ramirez. I am a husband. I am a father. And yeah, just normal cat, man. Um, I have a podcast Monday through Friday that I do called the uh, Proverbial Life Podcast. And I do interviews um, going through the book of Proverbs, call it morning meditation. So I do that Monday through Friday. Yeah. And just 
you know, plugged into my church, trying to love my wife and my kids and yeah, just be faithful, man. So that's, that's me. Cool, man. So, um, this is a random stream guys. There was no, um, no advertisement of it, anything like that. I just wanted to chop it up about this subject. As you see in the title, talking pastoral ministry, chopping it up live. So just all of these are chopping it up. So if anybody who does happen to come on during this live stream, you're welcome to comment your thoughts about what we discuss and, um, and have a conversation with us as we discuss this topic of dealing with pastoral ministry and not just, we, I think we will cover like a few different areas in it, you know, a few different areas mm-hmm. within it. So it's, it's kind of broad right now. So feel free to comment your thoughts. If you have any questions or anything like that, that we can go to the scriptures on where case may be, make the best use of this time. We can do so. So I'm hoping that your Friday is going well. Um, it was a good Friday. It's always a good Friday when you know, tomorrow's Saturday. Mm. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah man so we wanted to discuss this article now uh the article is talking about sacraments right it's, it's talking about sacraments who can what yeah who who should administer the sacraments right who should administer sacraments and so uh if you know the sacraments are you know baptism and the lord's supper who uh, who should be authorized to do so, which is a good question. Something that I've been dealing with for a minute as far as, you know, thinking about it in my head, as far as, um, is it only, is it only to the leaders is it only to the pastors who do so? Or what about those who disciple you? You know, um, just these kind of questions have had for a while and having addressed it on my channel, um, something I was wrestling through and stuff like that. And so Edward, he comes with this article, man, and tells me, Hey, interact, interact with the article live. You know, so I haven't read through the article myself, but we're going to read it together and chop it up, chop it up about the article. Am I I right, bro? Yeah, that sounds right, brother. All right. It's good. Wherever, wherever the conversation goes from there, it goes from there. Guys, this ain't, this ain't a um, structured conversation. So if if we, uh, if we go off in tangents or whatever the case may be, as you see, I got my little man. I don't know if you can see it or not, but I got my little man in my arms. Now he, he, he waits till we hit live then decides he wants me to hold him to put him to sleep. So. Uh, as he does me, nice. so <laughs> nice. So, yeah, man. So I think you. Um. So yeah, man. Anything else you want to add before we jump into it? Um. Yeah, man. I think this is a good topic for us to chop it up about because you know we as Christians, man, we believe that the Word of God is our final authority, and a lot of times, man, there's things that we believe that, in one respect, we say that we believe in the sufficiency of Scripture. We believe that the Scripture is enough. But then we start um, in practice believing or holding to other ideas that are not scriptural. They're mainly more of our tradition. Um, you know, they, they come from ideas that we have or things that we think should be best. And I think it's very dangerous for us, man, to start um, making stuff up um, based on our own whims. And um, so I, th- I think this is why it's an important topic, man. Uh, I think this topic bleeds into, you know, who can be a pastor? You know, can a woman be a pastor? Mm. You know, script- scripturally speaking, no. Um, sorry, I'm about to sneeze. Yeah, let, it, let, um, it go. let it go. Just let it out. Let it go. <laughs> um, it's about to come out. Ugh. Lord. Um, so, you know, can a woman be a pastor? Can, um, you know, can, can, um, just any old Joe baptize, you know, someone. Um, so, and I don't want to misrepresent anyone's argument. Sorry, it's about to come out. 
<laughs> we can't stop now. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm a better man now. Josiah joins you. There you go, little man. Come on. You won't let you be alone. Sorry, I'm about to sneeze. Um, So, yeah, man, I think those are some of the things that are important. Sorry, bro. My nose is just acting up out of nowhere. That's cool, man. Um, Yeah, the word of God, um, we need to, obviously, every Christian would believe that we need to structure our lives according to God's word. And um, I think. You know, in the church, there's a certain way that God has prescribed mm-hmm. um, for us to 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 live and to think and to act. And I think it's important that we talk about this topic for those reasons and more. Okay, okay. So I would agree with that. I do, I do think it's an important topic because, um, depending on where you stand with it, there there are also implications to look, to look over. Uh, I know, depending on where you stand on it. Uh, the implications could be the safer or more chaotic, depending on how you're looking at it. And um, but yeah, that's why I think it's an important discussion. Um, matter of fact, when, um, having this discussion prior to this made me very interested in wanting to discuss it on the channel, which I was really then I was glad when uh, Edwin decided, hey bro, let's t- let's chop it up about this. And I was like, yeah, let's do it, let's do it. And so um, so yeah, I'm just trying to share it to my Facebook page real quick. But you, could, but you can go on with it if you want to uh, start going into the article. Yeah, send me the link to it. I'm going to share it. All right. Well, no, it's the same link that you uh, that you shared already. Oh, okay, cool. Um, all right, so let me go to the article, and we could chop it up. We're going to look at some verses and um, just discuss them and kind of see, you know, just chop it up. Let's talk about it. So let me see. Let me go to where are we at here? Okay. We'll close that out. Okay, let me share my screen. Okay. Okay, can you see this? It ain't showed anything yet. All right, hold on. I probably could. Um, if I, I'm trying to pull up the article myself. I probably could just pull up, pull it up myself. Yeah, if you can pull it up, it'll probably be better on your end. Okay, I shared it, but I don't know if it's. Actually, share. Oh, okay, okay. Here we go. Okay. okay, can you see this? Yeah, I see it. The lot guys. All right, cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right, so let me go. You can still see it? Yeah, I see, I see my head. <laughs> oh, that's it. Now I see. <laughs> All right, let me pull up this article. Okay, here we go. Showing up my green screen, man. You, you, give, you, you give my tail out. Mm. <laughs> All right, you can see that? Yep. Okay, cool. All right, so um, for anyone who wants to get a copy of this link, I can post it. In fact, I'll do that now. But um, hold on a second. You know what? I'm going to post it 
too. Sorry, we all unorganized tonight. That's all right, though. Yeah, I mean, it was, this wasn't planned, guys. It wasn't like we decided we came up a whole week to decide we we're going to do this live stream. It's just like we literally decided to do this stream today. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. So I shared it on the um, on the link as well. So this is uh, a puritanmind.com, and on there it's just pretty much everything Puritan, um, you know, Reformed, Presbyterian, mainly. Um, so so anyway, that that's available there. Um, and I think when we talk about this topic, we're going to talk about it kind of bleeds into Presbyterianism and covenant theology and you know, this doesn't really deal with infant baptism, although in the article they do deal with baptism uh, further down. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't think that's something that we're really going to touch on. But it's definitely that whole, that whole umbrella is talked about in this topic. You know, okay. um, so uh, you know, the, obviously, the the deeper you get, more um, you know, other things start to kind of come out in the conversation. But so a couple of things, man. Um, I think the first thing we need to do is if you want, brother, you can go to um, Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. Um, and that'll be a passage that we look at. In fact, they even have it on here. But if you wanted to look at it in there. Um, oh, you got it. OK, hover over it real quick. Does it show up? I'm going to see if it shows up on our. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There we oh, go. OK. OK. Yeah, that's good. Okay, perfect, perfect. Okay, so let us so let me just get into it, man. Um, if you want, we could trade in and out reading it. But um, this is specifically dealing with the topic of who should administer the sacraments. And one of the things I like about this article is that he really lays the groundwork of who is called to pastoral ministry because he's going to make the argument that the pastor slash shepherd elder, you know, um, is, and the deacons are the two primary means that God has given to the church in regards to having spiritual authority within the church. Mm. Um, so, so based off that premise, he's saying, from the word of God, he's making the argument that these are the people that God has ordained to administer the sacraments, uh, which is baptism and the Lord's Supper. Okay. Um, and if you want, even at the very end, all the way down at the bottom, because I read this thing, bro, it took me a minute. So we're not going to go through it all, but all the way down at the bottom, there's references. But what I love most, men is right here at the bottom, there's like some really practical takeaway points. And it kind of summarizes what he is getting at in the whole article. Because he also gives like a historical perspective as well. So just a heads up, if you read this, it's a lot here. So anyway, let's go back All up. Right. Um, so I'm good. Well, good thing we didn't start already. Let me, uh, what I'm going to finna do real quick, because uh, I know what it's finna get to, is we're finna get into it. I'm going to let him on the couch real quick. I see what he's doing. No he's doubt. He's doing a lot of moving around. So hold on one second. No doubt. Yeah, so so while Jamal's gone, man, um, this is a topic that we got to think through because the local church is so vital for the believer. You know, uh, the local church is 
ordained by God for us as believers to be plugged into. Uh, we're called not to forsake the assembling together of the local church. And God has prescribed in the local church um, certain standards so that there's order and there isn't chaos. Um, and and regardless of how we feel about God's ways, about anything, his ways is, and his, and his ways are clearly seen in the scriptures. So his ways should order our footsteps, regardless of whether or not we feel like we agree with it, regardless whether or not we feel like it's convenient or conducive to our time. The word of God is our final authority. So wherever we land at on this topic going in, we need to be prepared to shift or change and conform to the biblical position, whatever that is, right? And so obviously some things are clearer than others, but we should always be, we should always have the mind that these are convictions that I have unless otherwise proven through scripture, right? And if, if, if something is proven through scripture to be true, then we should be willing to receive what the word of God says in that area. And, you know, again, some things are more, not important, but some things are more weightier than others. Um, right. But, but all of this is God's word. And so it's definitely important. We take heed and think through these things. So oh, yeah, bro. you back. Yeah. Cool. I ain't say nothing crazy. Yeah. I, I hope so. I hope so, man. Because we can't take it back. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we. All right, brother. Let's get it. Let's get it, man. Let's, let's, all right, so you can start. You can start off, and then I can pick up uh, later on. We can discuss and pick up as you know, just kind of go with the flow with it. All right, cool. So let's look at after this banner here. Um, okay. Um, he says. Okay, it is my dis- Let me see if I can make this bigger. Can is. Yeah, you know what? That's a little better, actually. Make that bigger. Oh, that's real good. I think that's better. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good, dude. Yeah, okay. All right. He says, It is my desire in this short paper to demonstrate that the only, that only an ordained minister of the gospel has the divine right and prerogative of administering the sacraments. So that's his foundation right here. Mm -hmm. Um, Only an ordained minister of the gospel has the divine right and prerogative of administering the sacraments. Okay. So, Um, so this wasn't, so this is anybody who's my ordained minister, right? Anybody who's uh, been set apart by the church for preaching and teaching. Yes. And he gets in, right. And he gets into, that's another thing. There's no such thing as a self-appointed ordained minister. Mm. Um, you you can't, you know, lay hands on yourself and declare yourself to be a pastor. Um, in order for you to be a pastor, there has to be uh, a recognition, a laying on the hands of the elders, and a recognition of an examination of what you believe, you know, and 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 um, also an examination from the eldership. And also an approval of the congregation. 
Um, okay. So let me ask you a question before we go any further with this. I know, I know, we yeah. got time with it and stuff. Um, what do you? What is your thoughts on? Like, say, say if you was ordained minister of a, of a particular church, of a local church, mm-hmm. but then you move membership to another local body, does that or mm-hmm. does that ordination carry over, or do you have to be reordained at a new church? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's important. Can you see me now? I think it's important, man, that we remember first and foremost, um, and it's, for someone to be called. Um, is primarily before the Lord, first and foremost. So in the sight of the Lord, that person has been called as an elder, right? First Timothy chapter three, right? He has the gifts, um, not just externally, but also his character is one that is fitting to the calling of an elder. So that's one. Now, how a church individually utilizes that, right? Because you could say, you move out of town, maybe maybe you left on bad terms at your church. Mm-hmm. That would be for the next church to determine how they want to move forward with that. Um, and I think, so for example, that's actually my situation, right? So like I was ordained as a minister of the gospel at a church um, and, you know, went through the whole process of ordination and was ordained. And now we moved to New York. Well, yeah, I'm ordained as a minister Right. Um, but I'm also under examination at my church mm-hmm. for me to be an elder there. Um, they can decide whether or not I need to be ordained again. Um, but oftentimes churches will acknowledge your ordination papers. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they don't. And and that's the thing, too. It, it really all depends on timing, because if you just if you just um, like going to a church to be a pastor there. Like, let's say you move out of state and they're, they're, they're trying to interview you, you know, to be a pastor there. Mm-hmm. They can they can acknowledge that initially and say, OK, boom. But hopefully in the interviewing process, whatever that is, um, that's recognized. But one of the things, though, that's very important, man, is this is and, and, and brother, as we talk about this, man, all this is the reason why all this is so vital is because we're handling the gospel. We're handling the word of God and we're dealing with God's people. So um, this is why it's important that we don't go rogue and do our own thing. Man. So like if somebody if somebody wants to be a pastor, um, they really need to be a pastor. They need to be recognized as shepherds of God's flock, not through seminary, not through their own intuition, but through the local church, hmm. because in the local church, people can watch your life. They can examine you. They can see what your doctrine is, you know, and 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 they can try you, as it were. Um, and then then you're sent out. Like that's 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 the New Testament model. We see that with the we see that with the deacons. They were sent out. We see that with Paul and Barnabas. They were sent out. They were sent out by the local church. Okay, so. Now, what do you do with the sense, like, say, okay, say you 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 have your um your license and all those things from a previous church, um, you go to a new church and they may not um acknowledge the the papers, may not acknowledge your license, uh, for the time being, for whatever reason it could be, uh, uh-uh, boy, on the couch. <laughs> Lay down. 
So they don't they don't say they don't acknowledge the paperwork and your license, and um and then but you feel like you're called to you're called to pastor you're called to preach, you know like I mean, is it like like so what do you do so you join the local church you're part of the local church don't recognize the papers like you're you're telling us because they're not sent out then that it would be it would be unwise or or would it just not would it be un, just flat out wrong to do so. I, no, I don't think it. Well, see, it depends. It depends, right? Because I don't know the circumstance in which the person is leaving. Let's just say, count all things equal, the person is just they. They had a great relationship with their former church, right? And right. they moved to a new state. Yeah, all things equal, mm-hmm. right? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and that person is moving out of state, and they're looking for another pastoral ministry position. Um. That that's up to the board or presbytery or whatever you know that you're being interviewed at, and they'll make the decision as to whether or not you meet the qualifications, not the qualifications, but whether or not you meet the uh, criteria for that for their local congregation. Mm-hmm. But but it but it's not a matter of you being ordained again. So you, so you think the new ch- so the uh, the new church that you're part of will probably issue new papers like a new licensing? Um, no. Oh, okay. 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 No, 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 no. They wouldn't issue new papers. Okay, okay, cool. That's and that's one of that's one of the things I want to know too. And so, in the, in this, so say all things like I said, all things equal. Everything was well. There was uh, no bad blood in leaving the ministry you was a part of before. Um, you come into this new church. You you feel like you called to preach, called the pastor. Say for whatever reason, maybe could they just want to give time to grow for growth. And um and then they's like, okay, well, we're not gonna you know put you up right now for whatever time. Like you said, like at the church you're at now, you're in an examination period, right? So say, for instance, this is what you're talking about as far as going rogue, whereas if you're under the you're under the leadership and authority of the elders of the church that you now joined. Right. But because they say, OK, I'm going to give you a period of time. You say, uh, uh-uh, I'm not going to do a period of time. I'm going to go ahead and start this work. You know, I'm going to go ahead and start a new work over here. What do you think? Like, would that be going rogue? Like, would that be considered? Rogue? I think more. I, I think I think going rogue is like. um you know, you let's say let's say you're at your church and you guys there's a disagreement amongst the elders and uh, things didn't go your way, and so now because they didn't go your way, you're tight and you kind of splinter off and go, well, forget that. You know, I'm gonna go do me, mm-hmm. and now you go to another church like that's a rebellious spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pride, you know, being being a and that's that's the beauty about elders um is that this isn't about my way or the highway um and so if if you can't if you can't be a servant to the people then you can't be a pastor to the people and a servant doesn't always get his way in fact he's looking for the benefit of others and so if you if you break off because of that kind of spirit um then then that's going rogue Mm. Okay. You know, that's one way. There's many ways you can. You know, I think another way is if you if you just want to plant your own church and you just completely bypass the local church. You know that 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 can be a way of going rogue. So it basically it it takes some. Um, it depends on the situation and the heart motives behind the decisions. Because I mean, so you're saying it could be that even though at your local church you may not. Um, be serving as a leader there may not, you know, may not have gotten nominated for a position or however 
the process is for your local church, but it could be that you do feel a strong calling to plant a church somewhere else. No blood, no bad blood with your leadership or anything like that. But in the move like that and having, having um, talked with your elders and, you know, have a conversation with people and stuff like that. And people are, you know, wishing you Godspeed. That's, you know, especially wishing Godspeed. I don't think that would be going rogue. Um, you know, no. yeah, and and I think I, my fault, brother. I just want to say I think it's it's very important, man, that all things being equal, right? Everything being good relationship and everything. This isn't this. All this is being prayerfully thought through, prayerfully talked about. You know what I mean? Um, even even your move has been prayerfully sought out. You know what I mean? Like all. If 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 we were saying, I'm using wisdom in moving, you know, and and I'm giving it to the Lord in prayer. I'm coming before my elders, um, you know. The New Testament model is that any person that's ordained or called by God into ministry, in in a pastoral or deacon sense, is sent out from the local church, mm-hmm. called by God, sent out by the local church. Okay. And I, and I know this this kind of went off a little bit from what the article was getting at. No, this is good. It, yeah, yeah, I just, thought, I just thought it was a good question. Some questions I had myself and just wanted to see what your thoughts were on it. And I think that was pretty good, man. Um, so it, so going back to the article, it's telling us that it, it's, it's divine right, that this divine right is given to ordained ministers. So this isn't. This isn't um, dealing with a lay a lay person. Well, according to the article, just this argument that they're making is that this mm-hmm. this isn't uh, a layman who's um, you know been um, in relationship with the individual, known individual, which may be, but this is a person who probably still do, knows the individual, but is also um, an ordained minister. You know, you know, not a and, and it's, oh, let's let's be clear about something, bro. You said something earlier when we brought up ordained minister. You said this person, this ordained minister, is most likely going to be an elder or serving in some leadership positions. Now there are some churches, and I don't know people who are subscribed to my channel may know what I'm talking about, and and, and I know you know what I'm talking about because you come from a similar background as I did. Whereas an ordained minister doesn't necessarily mean you are like in a pastoral role, like like um, in where I come from, or you know like how I came up. Was that you had the ordained you had a minister right, but they they didn't really have no leadership position for real. They just let them teach, you know, let them preach here and there or on a Sunday school lesson and stuff like that. And then you had the elders, you know, you had the, yeah. and then then you had the pastor, you know, saying it, they 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 make a distinction between elder and pastor as if they're not the same. And, right, and, then, and that and that's wrong. Right, right. So let's yeah. I just wanted to make that clear because you know we can have somebody on here listening who could be in a church who is uh, structured like that, and who's an ordained minister, and that's and that's where I was, and this is why when I came to the church I'm at now at Berean, it was I wasn't looking for automatic placement or I wasn't looking for my papers to be recognized. When I was ordained as a minister, you know, I the, the way the structure was at the church is you got ministers, you got elders, and then you got the pastor. And it was only a single mm-hmm. pastor church, you know. So with my licensing, it says I can do weddings and, and all that kind of stuff like that. But because the way it was structured, me being a minister didn't put me in a eldership role in the church. Does that make sense? Right. You know? And so, um, and, it's, and that's the thing too, like, I think that's something to be taken, uh, taken in consideration. Like when you're going from between churches and the church you're leaving and the church you're going to are polar opposites from each other. As far as with that mm-hmm. paperwork is concerned, mm-hmm. yeah, man, we got to make sure that 
everything that we do in the confines of God's church is done scripturally. Now, that's what I mean, man. We can't be making stuff up. There's no distinction between elder and shepherd in the Bible. And that's why, that's exactly why, you know, I, I hate to go, and I don't hate to go there, but it's important that we go there again. It's like women can, a woman cannot be an elder. She cannot be a pastor. She cannot be a shepherd over God's flock. Mm. That, that's, that's, that's not prescribed by God nowhere. And, um, and, and it's actually, it's, it's illegitimate and it's actually, um, it's actually an affront to the authority of scripture, the um, inerrancy of scripture. It's rebellion. It really is. Well, see, in some churches, that distinction is what make, causes confusion because in some churches, they'll say, they'll, they won't have a woman as being the head pastor of the church, right? But she'll serve as an elder in the church. Like she, so she, she could be an elder, but she won't be the pastor of the church. And that's where the confusion comes in because the elder is the pastor, Right. You know what I'm saying? And um and that's right and because and because that distinction is ignored or is unlearned, it's either it's either one of two things. Either is ignorance of the leadership who you know, structured the church or they don't care. You know? It's either one of two. And I, I would I would love to give I give the benefit of the doubt to say it's just ignorance because I know I was ignorant. You know, um the church I was a that I was ordained a minister at had women elders, you know, but the pastor was a male. And so you would say that, well, we have a man over us. He's leading, mm-hmm. you know, so he's a shepherd and everybody else is kind of under that, you know, but yet you had women ordained elders and you had women ordained ministers. And so mm-hmm. according to well, you want to see a minister uh, being something that you would look at as somebody being a pastor of a church in this, in this sense, you know, just a minister, just somebody who just teaches who just teaches every now and again and who can um take part in the sacraments you know because you get a license when you're a minister you get a license to to um to officiate the sacraments right you right. know what I'm saying so right so that's automatic so once you so you have a woman a woman who's ordained a minister it the connection does not click that you're actually ordaining someone to pastor you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and, and it doesn't register and I didn't get that bro like I remember when I was in those churches I did not get that I didn't get with the well that's yeah, and sorry, that, and that's a, that's an important distinction. Like you, like when you when you when a church ordains a man to be an elder, they're recognizing what God has already established, right? So, so God has established ba- based off of the qualifications that this person has. That that because again, man, if if someone is called to be an elder. They were called by God first and foremost. God is the one that set them apart for that calling, right? Mm-hmm. Um, those He gave them specific gifts, um, like it says in First Timothy chapter three. He needs to be apt to teach. So, so to some capacity, they have a gift of teaching. It may not be as strong as other gifts that they have, but that's an aspect of being an elder, um, and that functions different in different churches, but. A church is recognizing what God has already established. So for a church to call a woman to be an elder or a pastor, because I know the co-pastor thing, you know, mm-hmm. um, um, is, is for them to say that God is recognizing that God determined that this person be a pastor. So it isn't just the church is acknowledging it. They're also saying, whether consciously or unconsciously, that God has determined to be the case, which is a contradiction. Because mm. he didn't say that. <laughs> mm. Amen, bro. Amen. 
and I, uh, so <laughs> this is good, man. This is good. This is real good because it, and I think this is important, man. I know, like as we're going through this article, for you know, it's just interesting. Like as we're talking about ministers and stuff like that, it just feel like it was an important thing because these distinctions need to be made, and I don't think I don't think a lot of people recognize the 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 sheer importance of those distinctions being made that they, they're, they're not questionable. Yeah. They're not, um, these, these are not, um, maybes. These are musts. Like we must make these distinctions and this is what keeps causing a lot of confusion. And so, uh, and I already know, I already, I already know, you know, the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. So you're telling me, because you said it earlier, you said it was illegitimate when a woman is a pastor is mm-hmm. illegitimate. And this is, let's be clear guys. And uh, for anyone who's listening on this channel, this is not saying that a woman could like a, could lack ability that that she doesn't that she doesn't have the um the moral the mental fortitude to do so or the backbone to do so as it would take to be a leader and all that doesn't mean any of that. But we're talking about is what God Himself prescribed to the church. All right, that's that's it. What he prescribed to the church when we're talking about this. Even when we're talking about ministers, who can be a minister? So like like let's let's like, I'm I'm gonna eat some humble pie, like even though I was under or a licensed and ordained minister at my previous church, I don't recognize it as me as I, I should not. I don't know. Like, bro, the church I was at, and this and this is where we have to examine ourselves because people ask me like, like recently a guy asked me to come speak at his church, and I was like, well, he asked me what I wanted to be called, and I struggle with the fact of should I be called Minister Jamal or just Brother Jamal. Because I do have paperwork, but see the thing is, the church that I left, I left because of a lack of not a lack of gospel preaching. You know, saying that it wasn't a, a solid church, not, not a you know, it wasn't pre- he wasn't preaching the gospel, it wasn't teaching the gospel. Um, then look at the structure, of the leadership, and how everything was. It was, just wasn't good. Now, the, so the church that mm-hmm. I went to taught differently. The church I'm at now taught differently, vastly differently than the church I left. You know, what I'm saying, and so I think it just. I don't know, bro. That's what's like, okay, I don't know if I should recognize that, you know, and I think that's just humbling. You know, I don't know if I should recognize that paperwork from there. Cause it's not, we talked about earlier, all things being equal. So it's like, okay, well, this is a good church. I was at, I was ordained to minister at this church, you know, preaching the gospel, teaching the solid doctrine, everything else. Right. And leaving from there, going to a new church and now being under examination or whatever the case may be. Where my situation was, I wasn't in a good church, you know, not by biblical standards, you know, got along okay, but it just by biblical standards, mm-hmm. it wasn't a good church. And um, I was ordained there as a minister, but not as a pastor. So it was, I'm already ordained with a, a false understanding of what it is to be said minister. And um, mm-hmm. and I was in a church prior to that, that I was ordained in, <laughs> where I was actually ordained an elder, <laughs> Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. but, un- but as, as they understood what an elder is supposed to be, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and so do, do you recognize those, those licenses? You, you come into the knowledge of the truth, right? You come into the knowledge of the truth as I am now. And I'm not asking this so you can say, yeah, man, because you got, I'm not be straight up. Like, you, oh yeah. You, I already got my answer. Yeah. Bro. yeah so yeah, so lay it on me, man. You already know what I'm going to go with it. So it's like, like, do you recognize that man? Like, is that valid, man? Like I know the truth now, but I didn't know it then. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I and I definitely didn't mature. I wasn't as mature as I am now then. You know, so yeah, tell me, man, what you think? I know I was I was a believer then. I think I was a believer when I was ordained. I think I was a believer, yeah. but I wasn't mature. And you know, Timothy gives us um parameters for elders and you know, how what they should be and who they should be. So tell me, bro, what you think, man? Yeah, man, I think I think if you if you want to be acknowledged as a minister that in, in the sense that you 
minister God's word. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, but but as long as you recognize and you clarify to anyone who thinks you're a pastor that you're not one. Mm-hmm. Um, I would make that distinction, you know, like I'm not I'm not an elder, I'm not a pastor, I'm not a shepherd, I'm a minister here to administer God's word, you know, because there's not that the scriptures don't prohibit men from preaching. The prohibition is for an unordained minister, someone who isn't ordained to be a pastor. So if you want to go on your block and preach the gospel, you can preach the gospel. You can share the gospel with someone, right? Like you can, you can make disciples, um, but you can't be a shepherd unless that's recognized by the elders and your local church. Um, given given that, that that is an official or real church, mm. that's another thing. So let's say you were ordained as an elder. If the church that ordained you as an elder, like, for example, man, like, let's say, I was, let's say I'm a Jehovah's Witness and I was an elder as a Jehovah's Witness. Mm-hmm. Well, that don't count. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's not a church. Right. Right. So. So you're a Mormon and you now come to faith in Christ. So now, you you know, by default, you're an elder. Well, no, you're not. You know, like now that you come to the knowledge of God's truth, you're not. And so I would I would I would always, man, unless unless you were ordained to be a pastor by a church that understands the role of a pastor, the shepherding calling of a pastor, and you have those gifts and it's been acknowledged by the elders and the congregation, if that hasn't happened, I would stand clear of being recognized as one because with that comes great New Testament, heaven, divine responsibility that you can be taking on yourself that God has not called you to take on yourself. Amen. Amen, bro. And that, that conviction hit me, bro, when um someone asked me, I, I had performed a wedding not too long ago, probably about a, probably been over a year or so ago now. And um and based off of the licensing that I had before, and I like if somebody was asking me to perform a wedding now, my answer would be no. And um and, and it's funny, like it's, it's not funny, it's actually sad. They they got they was they were already married, but they wanted me to perform the ceremony. So thankfully, my name isn't on on the um the certificate of they married them. <laughs> you know, but I, but I did I just performed a ceremony for their family. So that was cool. It was good practice in that sense. You know, they were already married. They did a courthouse um marriage. They got married at the courthouse, but they want to do a ceremony for the family. So I don't feel as convicted about it. You know, but I, that I'm thankful that it wasn't. I didn't actually marry them. You know. And, uh, right. and unfortunately, they're no, they're no longer married, you know. And so mm-hmm. I would have been feeling even more terrible because I didn't counsel them or anything. like I didn't do anything that a pastor is supposed to do in a position like that, right. you know, counseling the couple and stuff like that. You know, and so um, so that, so we get into this. So if I if I'm not if I'm not an ordained minister, ooh, I'd probably just answer the question. A lot of stuff we talking about, bro. If I feel a conviction, if I feel a conviction of not performing a wedding ceremony because I'm not a licensed ordained minister fully, then why, who, what about the other sacraments? Just like we're talking about in the article. Uh, what What about the sacraments? Well, if, because if I, if I'm not, if I, if, because that's included when you get licensed, to, when you get licensed to um, be a minister, you get the license to perform weddings, to do the Lord's Supper, to perform the Lord's Supper and the, um, the uh, baptisms. Like it's, well, when you say when you say license, um, 
Yeah, like you see, like someone can be licensed to preach, right? They can they can be licensed, and and sometimes how that works is someone is licensed to preach by the church as um, a trial period, kind of like we're watching you as you go out there and preach the gospel, so okay, on and so okay, forth. Okay. You're still connected to our church, right, right, right. but licensing yeah. and or they, or ordaining. They're not the, it's not the same yeah, it's thing. It's not the same. Let me let me clarify. Yeah, I, already, yeah, I know that. Let me let yeah. me clarify. So license and ordain. I know that some people do a um they license you first. That happened. That's what happened to me. I was licensed first, then I got the ordination. And so um, but right. yeah, but it's the ordination. You're right, bro. And I'm sorry for not making that clarification earlier. It's the, no, that's okay. I just want to make it for clarification. Right. So the, it's the ordin. It's through the ordination that you're able to do the second sacraments. And so um, so yeah. So now you, so you got the, um, you got the ordination to to do those things. So if if I don't have a, if I'm not ordained, and therefore I should not perform weddings, then why then should I then should I also perform Lord the Lord's Supper, or the baptism or anything else? Well, see, I, I'm I think that's a little more. I I would say that that maybe is more debatable. I would caution any. I wouldn't I wouldn't do a wedding if I wasn't ordained, but Marriage isn't uh, an ordinance mm-hmm. in the local church. So so when we talk about like ordinances, again, we're talking about the local church. So ordinances in the confines of the local church, the two ordinances are baptism and the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are ordinances. We're not we're not Catholic church, right? Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> they would say that marriage is an ordinance, you know? Um, that's good. so I think that's an important distinction, but, but I think it's wise to be, um, I think when, when it comes to the marriage thing, like the, the, the whole premise behind that is the people that are getting married are partaking in a holy union and they're being shepherded by a pastor who they should be going to church at, um, but but I also don't think that I don't know. I have to think through this where I think about this. But I think that you know you could argue it should should a pastor only marry believers or can they marry unbelievers? Mm. Um, because marriage is um, that's a, that's a blessing from the Lord, you know. Um, and so especially if um, you know, obviously we uh, no. Christian minister or anyone should ever marry, you know, two people of the same sex. Um, But if it, if it's a, if it's a God honoring union in that it's one man, one woman, and um, they're looking to become one, um, then that's something for the minister to consider. Um, But, but that being said, the whole point of it being a shepherd to do it is that he's able to, He's able to give them the gospel, right, in counseling, and he's able to give them biblical wisdom from the scriptures and shepherd them. Uh, and ideally, they should be a part of the local church so that they could, you know, grow in their marriage as they're connected to this church where this pastor who married them is at. Hmm. That's, that's good, man. That's good. I, and I, I, I could agree with that. Um, that makes sense. And I, I was, it's funny you said that when I – um. When I was doing a ceremony with um with this couple, and I spoke with my elders about it, uh, for me performing a wedding ceremony, and he gave me the okay to perform it, 
And so it's, it's mm-hmm. just like acknowledging the distinction, like you said, this is not an ordinance of the church. It's not me performing a baptism or a Lord's Supper in that sense. This is a wedding ceremony, uh, which I'm just officiating. And so, right. um, but he asked me, he's like, I, asked, I told him, I said, well, they're not believers. Like, I know they're not believers. And he's like, he asked me, was I go do any counseling with them? I was like, well, I, I offered it, but I wasn't sure, like, you know, if they would do it or not. And the question that I was asked, and matter of fact, this wasn't one of my elders, this wasn't the elder, this was one of the deacons. And, uh, and he said, um, well, why do they, like, so they don't want, they don't want to honor the Lord. They don't want to get counseling, seek counseling. So, but why do they want to be married? You know, mm. and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> they just want to be married, you know. Right. But see, what I didn't know, which I found out later, was that they were already married. So it was that ah, was that. It was shacking yeah. up. You know, they were already married. You know, they just wanted to do the ceremony. And so, <clears throat> so the thing is, like, would you? Would you? And that, yeah, and that's the thing, man. That all those things are important to find out, um, because. You know, and it's a great opportunity to share the gospel because some people think, man, like getting married is like this, uh, like that that makes them right with God. You know, that now they're they're kind of walking the right path and they're doing things the best they could, almost like a work salvation kind of thing. Um, you know, and shoot, we've been—I mean, we've been living together this whole time. We've been having sex together, so we might as well just go ahead and you know make it right and just start living right. And it's like, well, on that premise. I think like there's been times, man, when I didn't marry someone, honestly, there's been times when I, in fact, there's a couple that I didn't marry because I just, I just didn't feel right about it. Um, And I just, I I just wanted it to be a testimony that I didn't think that, and they weren't willing to be counseled. And so I just didn't think that it was good for me to move forward and kind of bless that union. Um, and 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 maybe it would have been something that convicts them to really examine themselves, mm. as opposed to thinking that there's some like salvific merit to me doing this thing. As now they're getting their life together because they're doing it, you know. Yeah, and, that, and that's something that's something that our culture does look at it like. You know, marriage is the the key. <laughs> it's the key to your salvation. Like you know, you've been you've been living a lustful life, and now you get married, and that's gonna be the thing that's gonna save you. Or or the ball and chain, right? Yeah. It's either the key or the chain. <laughs> the key with the, the key with the chain. The key on the chain. <laughs> it's like the long God, long grace. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of people have a really bad. Yeah, man, they have they have a skewed view of you know marriage and what that entails, and yeah. Okay, so so it's okay. The, the, something we talked about um, officiating something like a ceremony like that's cool. It's like funerals, so therefore, like funerals as well. It wouldn't be a uh, that wouldn't be a sacrament of the church. That's right. something you can officiate that you can you know minister the word at, but not necessarily have to be a pastor to do so. Right. right. But then when we talking about baptism and Lord's Supper is another thing. And that's where we get back. That's where the article was getting to. License, uh, not license. I keep saying license. It's a habit. Ordained ministers. Or, yeah, and I guess, man, we we could get into it, and and, I, and and if you have questions, like we we could just freestyle, man, for real. Mm-hmm. Um, but I th- I think my thing is when Christ gave the Great Commission in Matthew twenty eight, he gave it to the disciples, mm-hmm. the twelve, mm-hmm. right? He gave it to the twelve, and. You, you know, we're familiar with that. Go into all the world, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And lo, I'm with you always, even into the end of the age. So he's speaking 
to the disciples and he's saying, this is what I'm giving you to do. Now, it's very important that we remember that the apostles were and, and was a very unique gifting to the church that has ceased. Like there are no modern day apostles, contrary to what we see in many, uh, you know, many different circles. Charismatic circles, a lot of, well, a lot of, not all charismatic circles, but a lot of them. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed what you heard so far. Please join me next week as we continue this conversation and we see what Edwin was getting at where he was talking about how Jesus spoke to the 12 and the significance about that. All right. So stay tuned and I'd love to hear from you. Remember, email me your thoughts or leave a comment below. Grace and peace. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 25 therefore laying aside falsehood speak truth each one of you with his neighbor for we are members of one another for his name's sake what's up everybody i'm jamal bandy the host of the prescribed truth podcast where i seek to distribute the truth that the doctor prescribes to the church and the world today the lord graciously brought me out of a cult in 2010 saved me in 2013 and in 2017 prescribed truth began my mission has been to spread the truth of god's word while refuting dangerous lies affecting most churches and the culture at large from a biblical and reformed perspective Join me every Monday for a brand new episode of the Prescribed Truth Podcast and download the audio version wherever podcasts can be found, including the Christian podcast community. You can also get a sneak peek of what we're going to discuss Sundays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time live on YouTube. If you would like to know more about Prescribed Truth, please visit my website at prescribedtruth.com. And remember, this world is full of errors, but the only thing that the doctor prescribes is truth. Blessings.